ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to These Go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Zach Bartles joining me tonight. Zach, what's going on, man? Man, I'm just kicking back. You know, I, I like to put on a little striper, you know, pour, pour a little drink, <laughs> take off my shoes, wriggle my toes and my Argyle socks. <laughs> <laughs> little little cognac and uh, cigar there for you. <laughs> You know, like a gentleman. That's right. <laughs> Striper playing in the background. <laughs> Dude, it's so funny. Let me ask you, like, I was I was big into Petra back in the day. Uh, I had a friend that I was talking to yesterday about Striper, and I actually promised him that we would bring this up. So let me ask you, what is Striper doing now? Well, I only know because you like brought it to my attention. I knew they were on like a reunion tour a few years ago. My buddy Ted wrote a book that never got made called uh, To Hell with the Devil. And it was basically a year of listening to only Christian music. And he saw Striper live. And that was in probably 2014, 15. Um, Did he so enjoy I knew they it? Were, uh, no, no. <laughs> Actually, of all the shows he went to, I went to a bunch with him, like Building 429 and like, you know, all these mm-hmm. real popular bands at the time. Of all of them that he went to, he said the only one he really liked was the Striper show. They were, they were pretty tight, he said. Um, and I went to a Striper concert in the 80s. Oh, man, I was obsessed with them. To Hell with the Devil, In God We Trust. Um, and then I felt very betrayed when they came out with that, like, Against the Law one, where they were like, oh, now we're edgy and we're not Christian anymore. Um, but then, dude, Nathan, I don't know if you know this about me. In the 90s, I had a Christian radio TV or TV show. Yeah, Christian radio TV show, a Christian radio show <laughs> on WTRK The Rock. Uh, and it was uh, modern rock. And I had I, I would frequently play Michael Sweet's solo stuff on that. Nice. You remember that? Like J-E-S-U-S and, yes. and those songs. Oh, oh my dude, word. I, I, I like that stuff on a very ironic level, and I secretly love it on a very not ironic level. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's funny because you say that because, like, even today, I still will listen to Petra. And when we were off air, you brought up This Means War. Oh, and I yeah. have the greatest song, the greatest story for that. When I was in fourth grade, uh, I was hanging out with my best friend at the time. We were in his basement. He had a huge basement, and we were skateboarding around down there. And we were into like we, <laughs> we were into like toy guns and things like that. And so you know we're sitting there like with our little pop guns and you know our little like wooden knives and things like that, and our skateboards, and we're you know just messing around. And his little brother comes down, and uh, I, I'm messing around on the skateboard, and I drop the wooden knife, and his brother goes and steps on the knife and i'm like i just kind of look at him and i'm like ha 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 i'm like okay give it to me and he won't get off the knife and uh he's like well i'm not getting off you got to get it from me and i had been studying martial arts for like all of two years at that point this little fourth grade kid and i just like whip him off his feet and he lands on his back and in the background we've got petra playing on cassette tape and right at that moment this means war comes on the on the uh, on the track it was the with the drums yes it was the funniest thing ever and my best friend jim comes over and just looks down at his brother and he's like don't mess with nate he's a purple belt and- <laughs> <laughs> okay somebody so, some listener needs to make a meme please 
sometime this week. Don't I can, I can supply a few pictures from from Nathan's uh, Facebook page if you're not friends with him. But I'd like don't mess with Nate. He's a purple belt, and then the and then the, these go to eleven logo. <laughs> Dude. That would be awesome. Maybe we could get Mission Aware to make something up. <laughs> Don't give them more work, dude. They're supposed to be making gun check products for crying out loud. Yeah, they gotta. They still have to pull uh, pull your products off of uh, the Happy Rant. <laughs> and you're giving them more stuff to do for us. So you know. But before you get to that, I want to tell you this is this is totally serious. Uh-huh. Within the past four months, maybe I'll say, I I. I do still somewhere have my This Means War cassette, but I pop. I still have a cassette player in my car. It's nice. got a CD player, a cassette player, and an aux because it's from 2005. Yep. And I popped in the cassette of On Fire. Remember yes. that one? Yes. Dude, there was a song on that. It had me so amped. It was called, um, oh, good grief. What are, do you remember that album? What are some was songs it, on that? Was Fired Up on that one? Oh, Fired Up yeah. is like the first cut. It was Hit You Where You Live. Do you remember that song? Oh, yes. Dude, it's spectacular. Oh. <laughs> it's so terrible. Like, John Schlitt's voice is like a cat like being hit by another cat repeatedly. And yet, something about it just makes me happy. <laughs> you know, they were around. What, what a contrast, man. Petra was around with no original members for a while. Like, yeah. anyone could have started a Petra, and it would have been just as, like, legitimate. But... Striper, it's I believe all four: Michael Sweet, what Robert Sweet, Oz Fox, Timothy Canes. I'm, yeah. I'm just pulling those out of the top of my head right now. I didn't even look that up. Um, I think they're they're all still in the band. How cool is that? Yeah, I think you're right. They what was it back in like 2008 or 2009? They broke up for a period, but then got back together in 2013. <laughs> Does that sound right? I, I feel like you're the only guy who noticed when they. Broke up. <laughs> Oh man! But their their latest album. Um, <laughs> I feel like I feel like we need to you know say something about that because yeah, you say it. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. I had you look it up because <laughs> I didn't want to say it. Here, I'll say it this way: the newest album is called GD. Evil, and I believe it's meant to be a what a, a request that yeah. God would condemn all evil, or yeah. I don't know. I think they're thinking back to how to hell with the devil was was edgy in that same way, and that made them superstars. Right, and they're trying to return to their roots, maybe. Yeah, I guess so. I I was sitting yesterday with my buddy Nathan and we were, we had just been talking about it. And so he had started looking it up. Oh my goodness. We're, we were dying. We were in the mall dying, laughing. Like people are literally turning and looking at us, trying to figure out what we're doing, what's going on. And we are, we could not stop laughing. Oh man. <laughs> i tell you what, I accidentally opened up a video for one of the songs and and it came up with like this really high def animated like video logo, which is a, a updated version of their original old logo with the Isaiah verse reference and everything right, on it. Right. It was the money. I can't wait. I'm. I know what I'm. I have a funeral I have to officiate tomorrow morning, so I can't put too much time into it. But 
I'm taking a little time away, uh, just for me, just for me and Striper. Just, just to kind of get your head in the game, is that? Yeah, right. In fact, maybe we'll play that. You know, uh, it, maybe not. But really, you know, a little, just a little time with the brothers, sweet. Yeah. Oh my word, that that would be amazing to just be at a funeral and all of a sudden hear that coming across. Dude, I want that at my funeral now. <laughs> like, very solemnly, they start wheeling me out of the sanctuary. The pallbearers are, are assembled in the narthex of the church, and all of a sudden, speak the <laughs> That vibrato on that dude. It was like, holy cats, you can fall in and die. <laughs> when I saw them in concert, they chucked Bibles out into the crowd. And even then, I was probably all about... 12 i was like what i don't know if you're supposed to okay <laughs> now now here's my question how many of those were kind of like trampled on afterward? <laughs> dude they were they were so like they were like rob bell times you know mark driscoll times a million for like what a, a lightning rod they were for controversy oh my like word. jimmy swaggart was after them and calling them gyrating devils and all this stuff <laughs> which i mean if, if you can't if you can't please him right you know <laughs> holy man that he is was, was? It, i don't know it wasn't jimmy swaggart um wasn't jerry lee lewis his cousin or something like that did you say jerry lee lewis yeah like the, the like piano guy. Yeah. Like the, yeah. Isn't that goodness gracious? Great balls yeah. of fire. No, really. I don't. I don't know. Like I, I seem to remember something like about the movie saying that, and I don't know if it's true or not. But I Dude, think that the, would be quite a yeah. That'd be quite an awkward Thanksgiving, right? <laughs> hey, hey, they're gyrating devil. Good <laughs> Jerry Lee Lewis was the money. I know, right? That would be that would have been that would be cool if it was actually true. I don't know that we want to take the time to confirm it or not, but you know, it's kind of nice just throwing it out there. <laughs> wow. Oh man! Oh well, you made a comment about uh, Mission Aware, uh, and I am excited to announce that I've been putting Jeff to work. Uh, you're not excited because, you know, you've got two other podcasts that you've got to focus on. <laughs> and one of them, you know, they're supposed to be doing products for you. Um, but I will say that I just spoke with Jeff and he is going to be doing up decals for us. So that is, I was waiting for the confirmation on that before I made the announcement of the giveaway uh, for our iTunes reviews. And I think you had some questions you wanted to ask me about that. Before we um, jumped into, we're gonna we are gonna be kind of taking things on a serious note with talking about Holy Week. We are in the midst of that, um, but I, I just could not leave the More striper thing alone. Striper? <laughs> <laughs> well, before I ask you, before I before I bounce off you, yeah, my my conundrum with iTunes. Uh, just to clarify, does everybody get a sticker decal? These go to eleven if they leave a review, like. Yeah, so one stars, um, five stars, as long as they write something. As long as they write something, yes. As long as there's something written there, uh, it doesn't matter whether it's one, two, three, four, or five. As long as you write something, because that's what uh, iTunes is looking, or, or that's what boosts your status on iTunes is actual that actual written comment. And so, 
as long as you write something in there, either on the Gut Check Podcast, Clinch, or these go to 11, and I have been keeping track of that through the months of February and March, so it will end this coming Saturday. This will release tonight, Tuesday, the 27th, uh, from you know 10 to go to 11, and you will receive the decal. And I've been talking with Jeff. You'll also receive a these go to eleven beer mug on top of that. So seriously, like everybody, not not the the three people who who get, get their names drawn. Yes. So are you everyone. freaking? I'm gonna I'm gonna leave. I I don't think I've ever reviewed these go to eleven. I'm on it. Nice. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I like how the number one is Greg Dutcher. And it says, <laughs> it's wonderful, and I'm not biased at all. <laughs> and that's like the most helpful. Most people who clicked that it's helpful. <laughs> but but here's here's my question about about this assumption about yeah. and I'm sure this is what iTunes says but if I go on iTunes and I mm. look up Clinch podcast right my podcast has I think 22 maybe uh actual written reviews yep and the popularity is pretty high the little bar on like the newest and the oldest episodes right. which is a normal thing I think you know people are starting it trying it out people are keeping up with it Yep. And yet, if you search for it, three podcasts come before it. None of them have the word clinch in the title. They're all by a dude named Guy Clinch. And they're all like like very specific to a very small group of people who work at a particular like local regional college and have haven't been updated in years, have almost no reviews. Mhm. And the popularity thing is at zero all the way down. Also, if you look up Gut Check Podcast, yep. there's some like gaming thing that comes up before us and a new thing that's only started this month, Gut Check Something Something, and it's about fantasy football. It's got two episodes, one review, and yet it shows up before us if you search Gut Check Podcast. And I just can't get my mind around I, I kept waiting. Well, it'll just take a little while with this new clinch thing for it to, you know, jump ahead of this guy. Right. Never. I don't. Yeah, I can't hasn't. get my mind around it. I mean, yeah. is the solution just to whack the guy or what? Well, I. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm available for hire. You're a purple belt. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> or you once were. I once were. <laughs> um, I, you know, I think there's a combination of things that happen happens when you are at a certain level. I think there's a certain level where you need a certain amount of reviews to boost you above whatever else is there. Uh, these go to 11, I think is at 132, maybe 133 on the reviews. Yeah, I think uh, Gutcheck's got 70 though. I, I think so. Yeah. That would boost us above, you know, guy clinch in his basement with this. I mean, I'm sure right. it's, it's wonderful, but it hasn't, I mean, it's a, it's a thing that used to be. Right. And, and obviously was never as successful numbers wise as us. And I just, I, it seems like because he was there first, right. he shows, he up, shows first. up first. Yeah. And I mean, that, that could possibly be the case. I would have to do a little bit more digging. My thought in, and I could be wrong on this. I would have to double check. I think once you get break that hundred barrier, that's where you kind of get solidified as being the top top ranked spot. Um, mm, which okay. is one of the reasons why early on we had pushed so much to break that hundred barrier with these go to eleven was to just kind of get up there. So now when you 
punch in these go to 11, we're at the top of the search stream on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Or is it even maybe more? I mean, I, I'm, I'm more concerned with uh, ranking within our categories than with, mm-hmm. I mean, if people want to find it, they're searching for it, they'll find it. They're not going to get confused and go to a different website. Right. But like for new people to discover you, um, I think I'm pretty sure that, that these go to 11 is, is fairly high. Like anytime I go to another podcast that I like, that's in the kind of reformed Christian realm yeah. um, and look at related or suggested or whatever, it's like people who like this also like, and these go to 11 is invariably mm. on that list. So maybe that's more what it that does could for be you. Cro- I, I, crossover pollination with a lot of, with a lot of other podcasts. Crossover Pollination is going to be the next Striper album. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because Yellow and Black and Bees, I I don't know. Do you remember Soldiers Under Command? They had like a battle van that was yellow and black. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, man, that was money. Dude. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm tr- I'm trying to trying to think. You've got me stumped with it, and I, I'd have to do a little bit more research. But I think that could be it. It's just the networking thing. Because with Gut Check, you guys haven't really networked a ton in your podcast, correct? What do you mean? I mean, like there aren't are you don't really like you're not really networking with other podcasts. I mean, other than these go to eleven at this point, just by proxy that you're on here. Well, um, happy rent. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I mean, I mean, happy race. We, we've guy. had Joe Thorne on a couple of times, so we. I mean, the, I don't know. I, I feel like there's there's a you know kind of fraternity of right these these podcasts that yeah. I I I, I just thought maybe you would know. There's yeah. a switch I have to flip somewhere or something in the the RSS feed or something that I, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's a frustration to me every once in a while when I when I want to make sure something has shown up on iTunes. Right. And I open it and I search for one of those podcasts and it's not the first thing listed. Right. And the first things listed are they're so magoo and, and so outdated and no one cares about them. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll see if I, I'll have to do a little bit more research because, I mean, even – even with these go to 11, you know, there's always, always trying to get on and find out what can we do to boost standings wherever we are, you know? Um, and even, even kind of trying to see if we can, you know, break out of that reform circle into more public spheres, you know? And I mean, if you look on my Twitter feed and you know, who I follow and you actually have access to that now, you'll see there's a whole bunch of people on there, um, you know, just trying to break out into other circles and spheres, see if, you know, see if we gather people, from wherever so no 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 don't don't do that if you're reformed you have to be so smug that you <laughs> you only want to stay in that bubble you just want to be real you know influential within that tiny bubble come on Matt. i know people outside of the bubble don't matter <laughs> who told you people outside of the bubble matter they might not even have souls bunch of animals <laughs> Or vessels of destruction at best. Well, there know. you go. <laughs> oh my hey, I got Lord. a segue for us because uh, to show that I don't actually believe that, uh, I, I have been in ministry for 13 years now, mm-hmm. and every one of those years at Holy Week, 
I've been part of a big-ish, it's the small as, as small as it's been this year, uh, but some kind of ecumenical multi-church coming together, Holy Week services. Oh, nice. Um, which has been so insanely cool. Uh, we, I mean, I'm talking Presbyterian, Methodist, we're Baptist, uh, Episcopal. Um, at one point we had some Lutherans, but they're hard to, it's like the drummer of the band. It's hard to keep them. Right. Um, <laughs> they didn't just randomly, it, spontaneously combust. <laughs> oh, and these go to 11 reference. <laughs> All that's left was a little glob on the, on the stool. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw that out there. <laughs> I almost, I almost had us to that place. That I, kind of I know. Place, and then I ruined it. <laughs> Nigel Tuffnell, the whole thing. <laughs> Whatever uh, comes floating through the transom, dude, just go with it. <laughs> oh man. So, t- I mean, tell me about that. Like, what has that typically entailed for for you guys getting together and doing that? Well, what I think is cool is at one point, I don't know how, but I wound up in like the downtown thing. We're we're, we're in the south end of town, but downtown uh, Lansing, Michigan is it, it's you know we're talking about a quarter million people in the area, not not New York City by any stretch, but you know there's some you know it's kind of a cool downtown area yep. and historic churches, um, and so we'd be in these historic churches with with a lot of people from mainline denominations. Um, and so we'd have different aspects of different traditions. Uh, the one year I got to preach on good Friday and I'm talking, I mean, cause it would be I don't know, usually a week. I just said usually a week, usually good Fridays on a weekday. Um, <laughs> no, but all our state government is, is downtown, our, okay, our Capitol yeah. building, and everything. So we would just say, okay, at noon is the service and people would come on their lunch Oh, and wow. you'd be preaching to a packed house in a big old, and I got to go up in one of these like elevated um, pulpits with like the baldachin or whatever above me, like suspended above me. Oh yeah, and so cool. And uh, and and preach the gospel. And honestly, I had people coming up to me afterward, going like, "I have never heard that this stuff about like." Um, you know, Jesus took my sin and became sin for me so that I could have his righteousness in return. And, and it was, it was really, it was kind of sad on one hand. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, just an amazing honor. Now the churches were with, I mean, technically my church is mainline, but they're, um, one of them is a PC USA. Um, but not stereotypical. I mean, a really solid right. church preaches the gospel and there's a lot of PCOSA despite what you hear right. there's an awful lot of those out there and then a, a Bible Baptist church so um, am I allowed to say it's a black church because uh, it is and that's kind of my favorite deal nice. um, preaching when I get to preach to a majority African American congregation it's it's a whole different deal I mean we're talking the feedback you get then makes you more amped up and more, you know, you're preaching with more gusto and that makes more feedback. And it's just this beautifully vicious cycle. Yeah. Um, so, so that's, and we know we've had a number of different uh, uh, churches that are, you know, in that cultural yep. place and that, and that's really cool. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I get really, I get really busy around this time, but I get really excited about, about everything. Um, yeah. And, and I, 
So, I don't know about, uh, you know, I don't even know what kind of church you go to, man. What, what's your whole so, uh, setup? There? Yeah, so CFC um, is a non-denominational, if, you know, you had to uh, pin, I mean, I think if you had to, like, kind of try to pin a label on where it is, it's, you know, Reformed Baptist uh, roots, <laughs> Um so, that was always my assumption. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's really kind of the the leanings uh, more than anything. So, um, let, I, I was actually I was curious as you were talking. So, so run me through a typical like Holy Week period for you in terms of preaching. I mean, obviously you start with um, Palm Sunday. Do you do anything like Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, or does is it Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for you? And when I was in that downtown group, we had every single day, we had noon services Oh wow! at, a, at this one church. And, and a lot of people came, we'd have soup meals uh, with it. And then uh, different people would preach each day. Yep. Uh, and I always loved that. But no, now we just do Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. I usually will go with my son to an Easter vigil at a local church Saturday night. Okay. Um, you know, get a spurged, you know, sprinkled and... Um, uh, light the fire and all this. And it's fun, fun stuff um, for for my son to experience because we're not, you know, we're not liturgical, right? Uh, and then Sunday morning, I used to, and I was grew up with like a uh, early sunrise service, and mm-hmm. we tried that at my church, and it just bombed. Nobody wants to get up, and and during it, people were missing because they were getting the breakfast ready, and we right. just canned it at one point. So we have a big breakfast together. That's the morning I will baptize people if I can, you know, if I have my way. Oh wow! If they nice. come to me in December, I'll say, "Okay, let's do it on Easter morning." Nice. Um, so this year, it's also we're having communion because we do communion monthly. Yep. First Sunday of the month. Yep. It's going to be a packed, packed service. That's cool, man. That that sounds really that sounds really neat. And it's cool that you know you're you're exposing your son to the liturgical side of things as well, because I know, you know, so many people are, you know, not willing to do that. And I feel like you know, being open and honest about the history and the tradition of the liturgical church and what that means and represents is you know really cool. And he goes to a Lutheran school, so he he could better you know navigate that kind of thing than me. They have chapel every every week. Nice. Um, he knows when to end with your spirit and when to end also with you. You know, I mean, he knows the whole, <laughs> whole right, deal. right. Very cool. Uh, man. But yeah, I, we I, it's always been an important thing to me is not going full ghetto within the church. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like building the walls. Here's where we are. Um, and, and being Baptist, that is really people are shocked by this. That is our historical va- uh, value, a, a historical distinctive. Right? Why tent? You know, the first place in America that you would find seven or eight different kinds of churches all in the same town, not trying to you know get each other thrown in, into stocks or whatever, right. was Providence, a Baptist settlement. Um, and, and I try to keep that alive, uh, and Holy Week is a wonderful time, especially when we, you know, you get together on, on Thursday mm-hmm. and you talk about how Jesus told us to love one another, yep. how he went to the garden and he prayed, you know, th- think about this. He's about to have his back flayed open. Yeah. He's about to be nailed to a cross. He prays for himself for five verses. Then he spends the rest of the chapter praying for his disciples and then for us. Yeah. And his prayer for us is that we'll be one as he and the Father are one. Mm-hmm. What a good time of year to 
to you know show unity, especially to show it to the world yes. when they expect us to be infighting and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's it's cool that you say that because I have a friend of mine who uh, he's an atheist. Uh, I'm positive he doesn't listen to this, um, but you know he looks at the different denominations that are out there, and it it is funny how his perception of churches is that like fighting and disagreeing about things, and you know why can't you just get along about this that and the other, and you know all these things, and so. You know, I've had an opportunity to talk to him recently about some of that stuff, you know, about, well, you know, first of all, there, there are, you know, distinctives within the church that are, you know, as the terminology we use in our church, these are red light issues. These are things that we can't compromise on, you know, Jesus Christ, the son of God crucified, born of the virgin, like we cannot get around those things. And any church that tries to skirt these major issues, we can't agree with. You know, so there's, and the reality is that more than people think that sets up a huge division right off the bat. Um, But then, you know, talking to him about some of the other things and it's like, you know what? I agree with you. I think some of the other divisions that you might see can become big deals, but I think it's also an opportunity for us to say, you know what? These are my brothers in Christ and yeah, they worship down the road from us and they do it in a completely different style, but hey, we can get together and still worship together and, you know, praise God together because we know that our destination and our destiny is ultimately in Christ. And so that's where we're, that's where we're looking to. And so, yeah, we can't do it every Sunday because, because we are fundamentally different in that regard, but you know, Hey, we, we still love them and we still get together and hang out with them. Yeah. Do you guys do any uh, joint services, other groups or are you? No, it's solo. Yeah, it's it is pretty solo. Um, part of that has to do with initially our location where we were at the church. We were really kind of set aside in this country church in the county that the church is located in, Harford County in Maryland. And the churches that we would consider our sister churches are churches that we would regularly get together with and do things with anyway. And then some of the other churches, there, there's a church down the road um, that's a huge church, borders on the line of mega church, but they believe that baptism is a requirement for salvation. And it's hard trying to get together with them when you're like, no, it's not. Um, you know, And so you have a lot of that going on where you have those huge you know, clear theological differences at that point. Um, yeah. And it, 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 you, you open yourself up to awkward situations. Yeah. You know, I, there, there's a church that all the, all the really good Methodist churches in our part of town have been closed by the powers that be, mm. um, because I think they're nuts. Yeah. Uh, but, but one of, one of these churches at one point had a pastor that, that was, Way off the beaten path, uh, which is not where you want to be theologically. Right. And uh, on a good, we we did this thing where two years in a row everybody preached. So one time it was uh, we did like a Protestant version of the um, Stations of the Cross, meaning yeah. we left out certain things. Sure. Uh, got it down to seven, um, the perfect number, and then we did the last words of Jesus from the cross, yep. which is you know that preaches itself. One, this guy got up and said, "Listen, I know everyone here is gonna, believes probably that." Uh, it was God's plan that Jesus died on the cross. But, but let me be the heretic and just say, 
what if it wasn't? <laughs> I did not know this is where this guy stood. He he never said anything. We'd done VBS with this church, you know, combining our kids together. I'd right. never heard anything that was that was heterodox like that. Yeah. And I was after him. And I and I and I'm praying. I'm while we're singing the hymn in between and doing the scripture, I'm like, God, do I address it? Do I just address it by proclaiming the gospel really boldly? Right. And I I basically got up and spent, you know, we were supposed to each have five minutes, which means we each took eight minutes because right. we're preachers. <laughs> I spent the first two and a half minutes undoing what he had done, and I think fairly effectively with scripture, right? Um, without mentioning him, just kind of affirming things that he was trying to draw into question, right. and then the rest of the time compressing what I had in, originally intended to, to preach. Right. But yeah, there's, there is definitely a downside. Yeah. Um, but you know, when, when you, when your people only ever get sort of the one flavor, right? Um, I, I think Peter Peter Kreeft is one of my favorite apologists. He's a Roman yeah. Catholic guy, Boston yeah. College, and and he did a, a talk one time about how Christ has a bride, not a harem, right? Uh, and and I thought, man, you know, we, we really sometimes treat it like we're the bride, and everybody else is the. You know, like Solomon had his brides, but then he had his concubines. And everybody else is kind of the concubine. We got to acknowledge we're all one, right. all one. And I, I mean, I'm willing to take the chances. And I think Holy Week's a, a wonderful time. It's really the only time we we do much of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that it's going to culminate Sunday morning, Easter Sunday, with just us, you know, yeah. meeting together. And that's when I'm going to have most people anyway. Sure. Um, but yeah. but you know like this Thursday all the pastors we did this once before all the pastors are going to come up and we have a volunteer from each church yep. and we're each going to wash the feet on up on the chancel we're each going to wash the feet of someone from a different church oh wow nice and, and I think there's just a real beauty in that in that uh, there's a real theological statement too in that action yeah um, showing that that we we the pastors are not here to be served but to serve yeah and. Um, you know, to to serve each other's sheep. There's a kingdom mentality. Yeah. Uh, and you know, the more I uh, hang out with my 1689 friends, whom I love, the more I hear this. Just really close it off, batten down the hatches. You know, like like a hurricane's coming. You zzz, zzz, attach right. the particle board to the windows. Right. I. I just don't see it. I just don't see it in the scriptures. I just don't, I, I don't get it. I, I don't want to get there. Right, right. I never have. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I definitely think that's fair. I mean, I'm not, I'm not in the, you know, inner workings of, you know, the church eldership and things like that. So I don't, um, you know, I don't know all the decisions that were made. I've been in churches before where it's been more, um, Hey, we're getting together with all, you know, these local churches and we're doing things. Um, you know, I grew up in a situation where that was the case. And, um, I will say that CFC does a lot with, you know, um, outreach and, and, you know, trying to bring people in. And so they host a Saturday breakfast for people and encourage the members to invite, you know, friends and neighbors and things like that. And usually, usually it comes close to doubling what's in the, the church. Um, Sunday school services, you know, so uh, I know that that breakfast has been an effective means of, you know, outreach. Um, and then they do like an Easter egg hunt and things like that. And I know that on uh, typically 
Monday, Thursday, they've had some kind of movie, either The Passion of the Christ or or something that they've shown where, again, it was kind of the same hopefully, thing. Um, hopefully you don't invite kids if it's The yeah. Passion of the Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Scarred for life. <laughs> Um, no, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that was, you know, very, you know, out there, Hey, this is what we're doing. And, um, but, you know, taking a time after that to answer questions. And I know, uh, the one year that I went when they did it, they actually had a larger Catholic, um, group of people who had shown up to watch the movie. And so, you know, it was really neat to see the pastors interact with them and answer questions from them. And again, you know, really preach, the gospel and you know uh-huh. the passion has more of a heavy catholic kind of uh imprint anyway and so being able to you know uh talk about hey you know this was really neat and stylistically what he did you know but let's talk about what the gospel actually says and what scripture says about Christ and who he was and um so that was that was definitely a really neat experience to um to be a part of uh when that happened but yeah, in terms of, you know, the kind of, hey, let's, you know, join with this church and doing this, that, or the other, I, just not being in the inner workings of the elders and all that, I have no idea how that goes down and what that conversation looks like. Um, quite frankly, I really, you know, don't want to. I figure, you know, I, you know, I'm serving in the church and I'm going to let the leaders kind of do their thing and trust that, you know, they're doing what God wants them to do. Yeah, you're you're probably a uh, quite a bit bigger church than ours too, and I think it makes more sense for smaller churches to kind of mm-hmm. join together and, and pool resources. Right. A lot of times at a bigger church, you have more people who are qualified and willing to to stand up and teach than you have opportunities to teach, and at yeah. that point, it makes less sense to to start you know bringing in other people. Sure. Uh, let me let me ask you this: Do you think that this year you're going to have a much smaller turnout on account of certain people being on sabbatical? Or uh, I don't think so because I haven't really seen that being the case since he's been away. Uh, people have, you know, been been coming faithfully. Still, uh, we've had we've had people step in. Uh, whether it's been some of our elders, we've had a couple guest preachers come in as well from that. Um, Dave Shive, who's been on the podcast before, he he had stepped in a couple times. Matt Smith, uh, he was someone who was on the podcast at one point, stepped in. Mm-hmm. So I, I really honestly haven't seen a decrease, at least in the service that I attend. We have two services. So the one that I attend, I really haven't seen a decrease in the attendance level from that. So I would I would assume that there really isn't going to be. And from what they've been saying uh, at the – front on Sunday, they're planning on having extra chairs for people coming and visiting. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good week. Even in this post-Christian era, it's a, it's a good week of the year to, to see people who, you know, they just, it reminds them of being a kid. It's always something that you do. You go to church on, on Easter. Um, and let me ask you this when you've brought in guest speakers, have you brought in uh, the the Reverend James King at all or, I think I think he took a sabbatical with Greg. <laughs> I think I don't it's know. Like, he left a voicemail a few weeks I know, back. Right? <laughs> I think it's kind of like the Republicans and the Democrats. You know, out in public, there's this huge feud going on, but then they go on vacation together. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, you wouldn't want him to come and speak at your church. You'd lose your tax exempt status like yeah. that. <laughs> 
it's it's already in danger. We don't need any help from him. <laughs> right. <laughs> Man, that was that's funny. That's good. Uh, let me ask you, what are you what's kind of your hook with Easter this year? Um I you know, I know people try to stay faithful. <laughs> Can you suss <laughs> that out a little more? <laughs> You know, I actually, with, with Christmas and Easter, mm-hmm. I, for many years, did always try and do something goofy. Not And, and that doesn't, that, that's the wrong way to say right, it. People right. are going to tag me on Twitter now. Something unusual. Yeah. Um, because, frankly, I'd been, I mean, I've been preaching. I've been preaching for more than 20 years now. Right. Uh, and and you, you don't get tired of that story. You worry about it not having the effect on your hearers. Mm-hmm. And... So I started preaching Christmas in different parts of the Bible where you wouldn't expect to find it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I at one point did kind of a first-person narrative kind of thing where I dressed up like a centurion and everything. I got the big gut now. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> and I, frankly, I've changed my opinion on that sort of thing. I don't think I'd do it at all. But Sure. You know. I, I, I've always had, for, for quite a long time, tried to keep these things like, you need some new, crazy, fresh idea. And then in the last couple of years, I've just been like, you know what? No, I'm just, I'm just going to preach a text mm-hmm. that's apropos to that. Um, this year, I've been, I've been preaching through John, mm-hmm. um, but not all the way through John. Like I preached through Luke a few years ago, and I'm just preaching uh, stories, teachings, parables, miracles in, Ju- in, in Luke, rather, in <laughs> In John, rather, that are unique to John. Okay. Um, so it's a fairly quick series. Right. And it is always happens, man. Providentially, I wind up with major church holidays, you know, like the kind that, that are so major on the church calendar that even Baptists acknowledge them. Right. Uh, fitting with what I've what I've already laid out, you know, nice. like here's what I want to. So it's going to be uh, the the story of um, doubting Thomas. Yep. And uh, the the post resurrection appearance of Christ, it just fell on the right day, and uh, I'm really stoked about that. Nice. Actually, that that always works, except for Mother's Day, which uh, of course is not a church holiday. <laughs> Dude, I I had drilled into my head that you don't break a sermon series for a Hallmark holiday. <laughs> So I will just preach through, and I'll say earlier in the service, we'll thank God for mothers in the prayer, et cetera. So I'm not going to preach a Mother's Day, you know, right. topical thematic sermon. So I, I, I wind up preaching through this, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, and on Mother's Day, it's if you lust after a woman in her heart, <laughs> you've committed adultery. <laughs> then I'm preaching through Judges, and it's uh, Rahab the harlot, <laughs> and I'm preaching through Luke. And it's the prostitute or the sinful woman anointing Jesus' feet. Um, and people are going, well, I'm not bringing my mom to church on Mother. I'm like, all right, whatever. So the next year I'm preaching through Revelation, and it's going to be uh, that woman Jezebel, and, and I will throw her on a sick bed, and her children will die. And, and I, I buckled, and I, and I asked my mother what I should preach, and she told me her favorite verse, and I preached on that instead. Uh, I think the curse is broken, though. It's... For the most part, I've 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 found them to be benign. The last couple of years, <laughs> dude, it's funny because Greg was preaching in one of the prophets. Uh, this was I don't know three or four years ago, and he had kind of said the same thing. Like he had made the same kind of commitment. You know, wherever I am, that's where I'm going to preach. I'm not going to break. You know, 
I'll acknowledge Mother is Mother's Day, but I'm not breaking breaking what I'm preaching. But I forget which prophet it was in, but it talks about the the cows of Bashan, like the women had oh, basically yeah, gotten the so fat cows. Yes, and he was like he was talking about women, and <laughs> yes, he was like, I got to it, and I was reading through it, planning out the schedule, and he's like. I can't do it. I can't do it. Nope. So he, he postponed the sermon one week. What did he do? He postponed the sermon one week. He ended up like he ended up basically the way he planned it was he broke up one of the sermons into two parts so that he could get to the cows of Bashan the next week. But then you have a beautiful sermon intro for that week, right? Yes. Like this was supposed to be last week. Here's the text. Thank me later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, man, that, man. I never landed on that one. Although I did, I mean, I did preach through the minor prophets. Um, what is that? Is this Hosea with the I, the bad cows of? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> oh man, yeah. But oh, hearing him tell that story, he was like, oh, and. He, I can't remember if he told it on Mother's Day. I knew about it beforehand because it was when we were doing the podcast. But I can't remember if he told it on Mother's Day or he waited till the following week and just let the cat out of the bag. But he was like, yep, nope, I'm not not going there, not going there. <laughs> nice try, but not today, Satan. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this is not how I die. <laughs> oh, man. Too funny. So let me let me ask you. Um, you used to, you said you used to kind of do the whole thematic thing. Are you still intentional about? And I think I think we actually talked about this because you joined us for a Christmas episode a few years ago. But I can't remember. Are you intentional though about keeping Christmas thematic and Easter thematic because oh, yeah, of yeah. the crowds that are coming in? For sure. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like it would be foolish to get people coming to church on i mean i wouldn't even want to attend a christmas a service on christmas where it wasn't about christmas i mean that's that's strange that's that's weird like like puritan stuff like uh we're all no popery here um and and you'd really word would spread quickly and people would stop coming like our christmas eve service is the biggest attended thing we have all year yeah um I, i preached one year on um Let's see. I, I preached on a message called Christmas and Sea Monsters from Job. Um, <laughs> preached one time uh, where, where the, the main kind of thing holding the sermon together was the story of Father Damien who went to Hawaii. Do you ever hear about him? No. Went to Hawaii to preach to a leper colony to minister to them, with them to Christ. Um, and he, he's in our, our cigar smoking book as a, a cigar smoking hero because he, he would smoke a pipe so that he wouldn't smell the, the stink of the rotting flesh around him. Oh, wow. Um, and he would stand up in front of everybody and say every day, he'd say, Jesus loves you lepers. No one else wants anything to do with you, but Jesus loves you until the day that he stood before them and said, Jesus loves us lepers because oh, he contracted wow. it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, that's a pretty incredible picture of, of Christ choosing to come here. You know, yeah. so I, I have people who like I'll bump into people. Our church is is the church that everyone went to as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like you can't you can't bump into someone in our part of town without them being, like, oh, that church. I used to go there. I love that. I'm like, well, you could come back. Right. Um, 
but I'll bump into people who are like, hey, you're the guy who preaches the weird Christmas sermons. <laughs> and I'll be like, yep, that's me. But they always wind up with the gospel yes. every time. I'll, I'll hook you with whatever. I don't care. Right. Um, but, but I am not going to hang out there. I'm going to get to the gospel and I'm going to call you to repentance. Yeah. Uh, and, and that double so for, well, no, I mean, 100% for both Christmas and Easter. But yeah, but yeah it's not going to be about the general idea of resurrection. Like, oh, your dreams can come back to life right. and <laughs> your car can come back to life. <laughs> Look, even the Karate Kid is going to be a movie series now. So YouTube everything's Red, coming back to life. Oh, I am actually going to get on YouTube Reb for that. I don't know about you. Uh, I gotta, I gotta take a look at my uh, my checkbook at the time, but uh, I, I do want to. I want to see that, dude. I would, I would sell you know precious family heirlooms to see that series. <laughs> I was so obsessed. Like the day I remember the night we watched Karate Kid, uh, and this has nothing to do with Holy Week. Um, and and uh, <laughs> we watched it, and I, I was probably about. Eight. I mean, when did it come out? 1986? 84. Yeah, I think, 1984. Yeah, so I was six. And uh, I, I watched it in just, I was wrapped attention. And as I'm off to bed, my, my old man's like, I don't want to see any kicking crap from you. <laughs> All right? No kicking crap. And I remember thinking, no, no, no. I'm going to practice karate every day and I'm going to be a black belt like Daniel's son. <laughs> and I, I did go and take like, uh, I, was, I was into Taekwondo for a good five, six years after that. Nice. A sustained interest. And it goes back to that that cultural phenomenon, just how wonderful it was. Yeah, yeah. And now it's this kind of tongue in cheek, like like they're combining, like acknowledging how cheesy it was, with also like the same energy and excitement of the original. Oh, it's going to be good. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. And that was that was really, I mean, that was a great age for like movies like that. Those martial arts you know, type movies that came out. Do you remember the series American, uh, or not American? Yeah. American Ninja. I almost said American yeah. Ninja warrior. <laughs> I, like, I don't think I was allowed to watch American Ninja. I remember, I, I think like someone got like a uh, throwing star to the face and my parents were like, you can't watch this. And I was like, dang it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> do, do you remember a TV show called sidekicks with Ernie Rice jr? Yes. I, I found those all on YouTube like bootlegs of them. And I've been watching it with my son. Nice. I remember them all like they were yesterday and they're amazing. It's uh, Gil Gerard. Yep. Um, and <laughs> Nancy Stafford. Like it's, it's, <laughs> this thing is like the eighties personified. <laughs> and he like puts on like a, a headband, but not the same headband as, as uh, Daniel LaRusso. Right. And like, he does this thing where he like prays with like two fingers up, like meditates, and he can tell if there's electricity in the the wires above him, or you know he, he can do amazing feats of strength. That's, That's so cool. Fantastic. <laughs> you look those up. Just oh, go on YouTube man. and look up Sidekicks Ernie Rice Jr. and you'll find tons of them, and and they hold up like on on several levels, like the nice. corny, like man, this is this is so cheesy, and the. Dude, he just kicked that guy's butt. It's great. Right, right. Well, and that's the thing. Like at that time, you had yeah. We've totally diverged from Holy Week, but we'll get back there. <laughs> like at that time, you had legitimate martial artists like doing this stuff. It wasn't like oh, we're going to go out and hire an actor to come in and teach him martial arts. It's like no, no, we're going to hire this guy who knows martial arts, and then we'll have him do something because we really can't don't care if he can act or not. We're just going to have him, you know, do all this cool stuff. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty much like what Dolph Lundgren was. I mean, you know, they had him coming in playing, you know, huge 
Ivan Drago, and then you know he came in and did He Man Masters of the Universe. And we then don't it was talk like, about that. We don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> he did Universal Soldier. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, you had that. You had like Red Scorpion. You had all, Chuck Norris. Yep. Yep. All that stuff, and it was just like, did you know Chuck Norris's first movie was with Bruce Lee? Yeah. Yeah. He learned from Bruce Lee. He was one of his students. Yeah. Dude, I pulled out the chest hair on him. The thing is, uh, it's like Armageddon, right? Is it easier to teach astronauts to drill for oil, or is it easier to teach oil rig (laughs) workers to be, you know, rocket scientists? Right. (laughs) And we've we've flip flopped on that, and I think we got it right because. Uh, you can you can teach some some basic moves in a particularly choreographed fight right. to an actor better than you can teach Chuck Norris not to seem like a cardboard cutout of himself. <laughs> and then you've got guys like you know like Jeffrey Donovan. You you ever watch uh, Burn Notice when oh it was on? Oh my gosh, that that's my favorite show. I have all five seasons of that show. <laughs> amazing actor. I mean, not amazing actor. Cool actor. Cool yeah. movie star vibe and very accomplished martial artist yeah. at the same time. Uh, there's a lot of that. Yeah. Today, I think. Yeah. Well, and like, I, I'm going to say this and I'm going to regret saying it, but I'm going to say it anyway because these go to 11 and I can. Um, Taylor Lautner, the dude who played the werewolf on the Twilight series. Okay. Like, I used to compete with him in martial arts tournaments back really? in the day. Yeah, back in the day. Did he ever like, turn into a wolf? No. <laughs> That's good news. <laughs> I mean, he was good, but he was like he was part of a movement that I didn't get into with martial arts called XMA, and it was all like the the trick martial arts stuff that was coming out at that time. But yeah, I remember seeing him at competitions. I mean, he you know compared to me, he was a lot younger at that point, um, so I was never competing in his leagues or anything. But that's where kind of that stuff was going. I mean, he's a good martial artist, and like. If you can put him, I think if you put him in the right setting, he would be a halfway decent actor. Did you ever see the movie Tracers? What is that about? Is that guys that like like warp from one place to another? No, that that was um, that was Jumper with. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, no, I've never seen Tracers. Tracers um, was basically like the parkour stuff. It was like he gets into doing this parkour stuff all over New York City. Um. And I mean, it was it was it was a pretty decent movie. I think the problem is he's still in an awkward phase where he's not really quite an adult yet. He's still in that like angsty teenage werewolf mode. But like you get these (laughs) glimpses where it's like, okay, I can kind of see that if he had a little bit more development and training, he could actually be a somewhat decent actor. And then you pair that with his martial arts ability. I think he could be a pretty sweet action star out there. Well, we, there's a vacuum right now, I think, of young guys. Tom Cruise is still churning them out. <laughs> and, I, and I love those. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, but I mean, at some point we need to bring up, a, you know, even Matt Damon's getting up there. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, it seemed like they were, they were kind of, you know, grooming Jeremy Renner to take over as the, you know, the Ethan Hunt He's got to be in person, his 50s but, too, right? Yeah, I think, I think he's a little younger than that. I think he's in his 40s. So he's got a couple more years, but by the way, I think somewhere in the description on this app it needs to say like Zach and Nathan. <laughs> Actually, it, that, that rolls off the tongue better, but it should be Nathan and Zach since I'm the newcomer. Uh, <laughs> discuss Holy Week and angsty teenage werewolves. <laughs> Dude, that's the title. <laughs> 
that is going to grip everyone. <laughs> this will be the highest listened to podcast that we've ever had. People are going to be like, another one? Another one about Holy Week? And Manx Teenage Werewolf? That's like all I hear about anymore. Oh, man. That's awesome. Dude, this has been a, this has been a great conversation. I, I do... I don't want to end on that. I do want to end with um, a couple things with Holy Week. And one of the things that I want to do is just talk to you a little bit about, do you have any traditions that you have in preparation for Holy Week? Any things that you try to make sure that you see or that you read or that you listen to during this time period or even during the period that we're coming out of with like Lent and things like that coming into Holy Week that you – you want to, that you like to do every year? You know, f- for years, I would watch The Passion of the Christ every year on Holy Week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we would go, my wife and I, we live in Grand Rapids, which is where Reformed Theology lives. Um, even though that's the case, we would go to this huge uh, cathedral called Saint, uh, the Basilica of St. Adelbert. And, uh, we would go to the service there and it was always just beautiful and, and, you know, an enormous choir and very moving. And then we'd go and watch the passion of the Christ starting when it was in the theater. And then every year. And I found at one point it was just like, I knew it too well and it was diminishing returns. And I haven't, I haven't done that in in several years. Um, and, uh, this year I think I might replace that with, uh, risen, which was a, just a oh, spectacular wow. movie about the Wasn't crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. Oh my gosh, yes, so good. Okay, I heard mixed like, reviews on it, and I never, really? I never ended up seeing it. So I'll have to check that one out. Joseph uh, Fiennes, or however you say his name, Fiennes. Yep. Fines. <laughs> it's not that, even though it looks like it should be. But you're right, yeah, Fines. Um, He's fine. No, he's dude. That guy's spectacular. He's Martin Luther and Luther. He's yep. you know he, he's in Elizabeth. That, that guy's amazing. But it's it's one of those movies where you know you you really become. In fact, the the character that's not in the Bible is is him, Joseph uh, Fines, and uh, he you, you you start going, man, this is a little broad. Like I mean, they're really taking some liberties with scripture, and then you realize maybe two thirds of the way through the movie, if you're thick like me, oh, I'm him. Like this yeah. is me being inserted into this story, and this is how people encounter Jesus. Um, it was really, really good. It was not a cheesy Christian movie. It was, it was spectacular. Nice. Um, I, I don't really have, you know, I, I know that sounds kind of lame. I watch a movie, um, but I'm reading and preparing so many different messages when it comes up in this time of year. Right. Um, I, I really can't. You know, I, I wish I could say I read, you know, a particular passage from the Valley of Vision or something. Sure. Um, but obviously I'm reading through the gospel uh, resurrection accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, we always make sure that that is read at our church, regardless of where I'm preaching from. Yeah. Uh, because that's always going to be, you know, the, the foundation of what we're doing. Sure. Um, there's there's not much better than, than reading about that morning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mary Magdalene leaving before the sun is even up because technically it's no longer the Sabbath and yep. uh, the stone being rolled away. Um, yeah, you know, there's there's not really much more I need to do to get myself jazzed. It's It kind of happens on its own. Yeah. What about you? Um, I have – so every year that I teach, I actually uh, – 
pull uh, – it's uh, this article that I found years ago online and it's – Basically looks at the crucifixion from the from a, like a a doctor's perspective, like what's happening to the to the human body. Yeah, I've seen such time. a thing. Um, and so I I take my students through that once a year, and what I do is I play the little clip at the beginning of the Passion where Christ is in the garden praying, right up until the point where he crushes the head of the serpent. Um, so awesome! Yeah. It's so awesome when that happens. <laughs> yes, I I love. Love, love that scene because it is just so powerful, so and so symbolic of what really happened there. And so I play that, and then I I read them through, you know, from that point on. So I don't actually show them what's going on, but I do read to them. Okay, you know, we see Christ sweating blood. What's going on here to him medically? The stress, you know, and and then walking them through you know, the aspects of the crucifixion, but then walking them also into uh, the resurrection, God's seal of approval on what Christ has done, um, that that he is the perfect sacrifice and that it yeah. is finished and it is complete and he has risen. Um, so I take, well, I take my students through that and I find it's nice because it works uh, regardless of where I've taught because I've taught Bible and uh, science in uh-huh. in both arenas in the Christian school, and so I can justify it. You know, from the science perspective, this is kind of medically what's going on, and so, and then you know, the biblical perspective, obviously, when I've taught Bible. So, to me, that's just one of my favorite things to do with my students. When when you, I, I actually once saw a um, a video that, mm-hmm. that I think was the same sort of thing, and I wound up uh, borrowing it from a professor and showing it to my youth group when I was a youth pastor. And the thing that stuck with me the most is th- they call it causalgia. When the nail goes through that particular yeah. nerve, yeah. radiates down the arm into the chest, like backwards from what a heart attack would do. Yes. Like it's the same thing, only a thousand times worse because it's not, you know, an ache. It's, it's like lightning. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the choice these guys have, I'm either going to, um, my feet are going to be screaming in pain because I'm lifting myself up so I can breathe. Right. Or I'm going to slump down and I can't breathe. Everything's filling right. with fluid and my, my hands and my chest and my arms are on fire from, from that. Yeah. Um, and I also have a number of resources. I'm a, I'm a Shroud of Turin like fanatic myself. Nice. <laughs> I am a, very much obsessed with it. Um, and a number of uh, resources that I have, books and videos and such about that, have, have talked about the, those practical aspects of it. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's this debate about, and it's not much of a data, debate anymore. It's like this, you know, factoid. Don't, did you know that all the pictures of Jesus are wrong? And, you know, if they put the nails in his palms, it would, he would have ripped right through and uh, he'd have, you know, uh, whatever. They put them through right. the wrist. Um, I have a book that shows a guy with this injury yeah. with like, it almost looks like a knitting needle. I don't know what it is. Some kind of metal thing went in his palm, yeah. out the back of his wrist, and there's actually a hollow right there, like a natural hollow in your bone. Uh, in fact, it's, I think this is where, like, one of the areas where carpal tunnel will start to get smaller, and that hurts your yeah. your hand so bad. And and to put the nail right through there would be the perfect angle to keep the body, you know, from, from falling right. off. Yeah. But you're also you're driving a nail right through this hollow where there's nerves, major nerves going through. Yes. 
Um, Wow. And, and, you know, this is the kind of thing I think a lot of people hear that and they get turned off like, oh, why, why obsess over kind of the, the gore and the, you know, people who didn't, didn't even like, you know, things like passion plays, passion of the crisis kind of stuff. It's important in my mind to remember, you know, the, the image of a guy pinned to a cross is so commonplace to us now. Yes. That it's important to, to take time to make ourselves remember this was just, this was someone being tortured to death yeah. who at any moment could just say, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm stop done. holding back yep. 10,000 angels and I'm coming down and kill them all. Yep. Um, you know, it's like if a guy's being waterboarded and, you know, there's, there's, is he going to give up the information or not? But there's also, what if, you know, he had his radio and he could, he could just call in yeah. The, yeah. the SEALs to come and kill his captors, and he doesn't. Yeah. It's, oh, my goodness. What? Yeah. That is just amazing. Yeah. Well, in thinking, you know, and this is what I try to get my students to understand, you know, because there's the, – unfortunately, there's just so much bad theology, you know, and – one of the things that I always establish with my students is, you know, the, the idea, okay, why did God create us? And you get those lame answers. Well, he was lonely. It's like, no, 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 you don't understand. <laughs> God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit from eternity past before anything came about lived in perfect harmony with one another, no friction, no tension, beautiful, perfect fellowship with one another. He was not lonely. He had, there, there must've been the greatest conversations going on between those three, the greatest fellowship going on between those three before we came along. <laughs> we, we were not the, you know, we, we, we were not, you know, the, the, the jewel in that crown there, you know, I mean, we were created for a specific reason for his glory to demonstrate his glory, but you know, it wasn't because he was lonely <laughs> and, and talking about, Think about that. The the God who creates everything we see in perfection from, again, eternity past knows he's going to create these creatures called humans, knows they're going to rebel, and knows that he's going to come down and die for them in the most horrible way that and I think that's you know, I I don't even think that's arguable anymore. I think I think it's safe to say that crucifixion the way the Romans perfected it is the most violent death possible. The way they knew well, yeah. how to torture the body and keep it alive for so many days. We have a, a word excruciating, which right. literally just comes from the Latin from the cross. Yeah. Um, so if you're going to describe horrible pain, you're if you're speaking English, you'll compare it to the cross by you know just by word root. Yes. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, that's yeah, that's really flies in the face of even like you, you got to be careful with this stuff that's fairly common out there. And I don't mean you, I mean, in general, right. Um, that, that we talk about the crucifixion and resurrection and the takeaway is look how important you are to God. Yeah. You know, yeah. your picture would be on his fridge if he had one, etc. Right. He's crazy about you. Now on one level, yes, he loves us in a way that we can never love each other. Right. We can never love him. Right. But it doesn't, primarily show us our value right it shows us the value uh of what he was setting about to accomplish in us yes. for his glory um and, and 
I, we really have a narcissistic tendency, and I'm not going to say, oh, it's this young generation, because oh, I no, think yeah. baby boomers uh, uh, just as much, and, yeah. and I'm Gen X. Every, everybody's got this tendency. It's, sure. it's everywhere. Sure. Uh, we want it to be about me. Holy Week's a wonderful time mm. to force that spotlight off of us. Yes. Yeah. Well said, Zach. That, that's awesome. Um, hey, can I can I ask you one more yeah. question? I can I can feel you about to sum up and 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 bring us home. Sure. What what are the uh, songs that you got to sing on on Easter morning? Um, up from the grave, heroes. Oh yeah, that is uh, that is absolute standard. Um, the other one is uh, the one by the Gettys. Um, Christ is risen. He has risen today. Uh, yeah, that one is one of them. Uh, that's definitely one of them. Christ is risen today. And that one, um, actually our church has a dude who plays trumpet. And so he plays the trumpet with that one. So nice. usually that is the first song we sing and we have the trumpet accompaniment on that one. Um, so yeah. And then, um, the, the one by the Gettys, um, shoot. I, I, can't. I mean that one is that one is by the Gettys. You're thinking of another one by the Gettys? Yeah, there was there's another one. Um, n- uh, the only one that's coming to mind is this: the power of the cross. But that's not the one. It's um, yeah. They have a whole yeah. like concert they do that takes you through kind of Monday Thursday through Easter morning. I've seen it. Yes. So they, ha- they have a number. I mean, even in Christ alone is almost a uh, that's the one Easter Thank song. Thank you. In Christ alone. <laughs> Okay, yeah, the, the most famous Getty yeah, song. The most famous, but the only one I could think of was This the Power of the Cross. And I'm like, no, that's, that's a not good it. Song too. It is. <laughs> yeah. I I mean if there is if there is actually if there's one set of musicians out there, um actually last year I did this. I had I had them on my playlist and I just I played their entire album on my playlist last Easter when we were driving to and from church. Um and just absolutely loved it. It was it, it's so great. They have such a great, rich, just modern day hymn writers, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so gives us hope for uh, the future that there that <laughs> Christian music is not completely dead. Yes, yes. What are some of the ones that you uh, you have played in church? Um, well, you know, in church we do those. We do um, always do Christ the Lord is risen today. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I think that's probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. And then I actually have a CD slash uh, playlist on my iPod of other songs that I kind of, this I guess is also an answer to your question of, of you know, rituals, yep. personal rituals that I always just crank up. I'm so ready to not be depressed by Easter morning. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, it's got uh, a song by David Meese called Early in the Morning, which is one of my favorite songs of all time. Nice. Um, Keith Green, Easter song, naturally. Yep. You know that one? Uh, Hear the bells ringing, they're singing. Yes. Christ is risen from the dead. Uh, and then um, I've got, this is a little corny, but uh, I've got Steve Green on there singing Christ the Lord is risen today. Nice. Do you have hey. um, Don Francisco on there singing? No. Um, he, he's the one that, that has the song from, he's alive from the perspective of Peter. Oh, I know that one. Yeah, I know yeah. that one. That, that's old school. Now, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's that's going back to like second chapters of Acts, like that kind of era. Um, and then also uh, Eli. Remember Eli? No. Oh, dude, look up Eli. He's he's great. He was like a like a hipster singer songwriter before his time in the '90s, and he did uh, "Morning Is Broken," 
and that one also I absolutely love. I'm trying to um, as you're as you're talking, I'm putting it in now. Uh, it's not letting me. I'll do it later. Uh, Eli. <laughs> Yeah, Eli, just like share, just like one name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, did, he did a thing called Things I Pray For that was really famous. Nice. Any striper on there? You know, actually, yeah. Then, then usually during the processional, when we're coming in for, for Easter, the choir will come in and they'll sing honestly. Actually, a medley. It'll be honestly and then to hell with the devil. <laughs> And then what was the the big – I think the first radio hit off the new one is just called Sorry, which to me seems like a, a, the, the, the right message to send after you name an album what they named it. Yes. Dude, you just full circled that. That was very skillful radio. Dude, this is my first rodeo. <laughs> oh, my word. That's great. Dude, this has been um, so good and, you know, again, just – Really have a great time with you every week, Zach, and uh, talking about, you know, particularly this um, topic of Holy Week and just, you know, the impact of what Christ did for us, uh, what he had done to him, um, you know, and again, you know, we talk about that being done to the glory of God, you know, that he says that the things that he always um, does, all the things that he does are to please his father, uh, but ultimately we are able to reap uh, the reward of that if we've trusted in him. And so, you know, um, just want to, uh, encourage our listeners, you know, I, I think it's a great opportunity to form traditions just like at Christmas time, uh, during, during this time of Holy week and just, you know, go out there and form some traditions during this week, things to really focus you and, and recenter yourself back to Christ, um, and, and put the focus and attention back on him, which is where it should be. So thanks for that, man. Right on. All right. We're going to go ahead and sign off now. Zach, we just rocked the Casbah. These go to 11. <laughs>